Letter thirty eight of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three by samuel richardson letter thirty eight miss clarissa harlowe to miss howe thursday april twentieth mr lovelace's servant is already returned with an answer from his friend mr dolman who has taken pains in his inquiries and is very particular mr lovelace brought me the letter as soon as he had read it and as he now knows that i acquaint you with everything that he offers i desired him to let me send it to you for your perusal be pleased to return it by the first opportunity you will see by it that his friends in town have a notion that we are actually married to robert lovelace esq tuesday night april eighteenth dear sir i am extremely rejoiced to hear that we shall so soon have you in town after so long an absence you will be the more welcome still if what report says be true which is that you are actually married to the fair lady upon whom we have heard you make such encomiums mrs dolman and my sister both wish you joy if you are and joy upon your near prospect if you are not i have been in town for this week past to get help if i could from my paralytic complaints and am in a course for them which nevertheless did not prevent me from making the desired inquiries this is the result you may have a first floor well furnished at a mercer's in belford street covent garden with conveniencies for servants and these either by the quarter or month the terms according to the conveniences required mrs dolman has seen lodgings in norfolk street and others in cecil street but though the prospects to the thames and surrey hills look inviting from both these streets yet i suppose they are too near the city the owner of those in norfolk street would have half the house go together it would be too much for your description therefore and i suppose that when you think fit to declare your marriage you will hardly be in lodgings those in cecil street are neat and convenient the owner is a widow of a good character and she insists that you take them for a twelvemonth certain you may have good accommodations in dover street at a widow's the relict of an officer in the guards who dying soon after he had purchased his commission to which he had a good title by service and which cost him most part of what he had she was obliged to let lodgings this may possibly be an objection but she is very careful she says that she takes no lodgers 
but of figure and reputation she rents two good houses distant from each other only joined by a large handsome passage the inner house is the genteelest and very elegantly furnished but you may have the use of a very handsome parlour in the outer house if you choose to look into the street a little garden belongs to the inner house in which the old gentlewoman has displayed a true female fancy having crammed it with vases flower-pots and figures without number as these lodgings seem to me the most likely to please you i was more particular in my inquiries about them the apartments she has to let are in the inner house they are a dining-room two neat parlours a withdrawing-room two or three handsome bedchambers one with a pretty light-closet in it which looks into the little garden all furnished in taste a dignified clergyman his wife and maiden daughter were the last who lived in them they have but lately quitted them on his being presented to a considerable church preferment in ireland the gentlewoman says that he took the lodgings but for three months certain but liked them and her usage so well that he continued in them two years and left them with regret though on so good an account she bragged that this was the way of all the lodgers she ever had who stayed with her four times as long as they at first intended i had some knowledge of the colonel who was always looked upon as a man of honour his relict i never saw before i think she has a masculine air and is a little forbidding at first but when i saw her behaviour to two agreeable gentlewomen her husband's nieces whom for that reason she calls doubly hers and heard their praises of her i could impute her very bulk to good humour since we seldom see your sour peevish people plump she lives reputably and is as i find aforehand in the world if these or any other of the lodgings i have mentioned be not altogether to your lady's mind she may continue in them the less while and choose others for herself the widow consents that you shall take them for a month only and what of them you please the terms she says she will not fall out upon when she knows what your lady expects and what her servants are to do or yours will undertake for she observed that servants are generally worse to deal with than their masters or mistresses the lady may board or not as she pleases as we suppose you were married but that you have reason from family differences to keep it private for the present i thought it not amiss to hint as much to the widow but as uncertainty however and asked her if she could in that case accommodate you and your servants as well as the lady and hers she said she could 
and wished by all means it were to be so since the circumstance of a person's being single it not as well recommended as this lady was one of the usual exceptions if none of these lodgings please you need not doubt very handsome ones in or near hanover square soho square golden square or in some of the new streets about grosvenor square and mrs dolman her sister and myself most cordially join to offer to your good lady the best accommodations we can make for her at uxbridge and also for you if you are the happy man we wish you to be till she fits herself more to her mind let me add that the lodgings at the mercers those in cecil street those at the widows in dover street any of them may be entered upon at a day's warning i am my dear sir your sincere and affectionate friend and servant thomas dolman you will easily guess my dear when you have read the letter which lodgings i made choice of but first to try him as in so material a point i thought i could not be too circumspect i seem to prefer those in norfolk street for the very reason the writer gives why he thought i would not that is to say for its neighbourhood to a city so well governed as london is said to be nor should i have disliked a lodging in the heart of it having heard but indifferent accounts of the liberty sometimes taken at the other end of town then seeming to incline to the lodgings in cecil street then to the mercers but he made no visible preference and when i asked his opinion of the widow gentlewoman's he said he thought those the most to my taste and convenience but as he hoped that i would think lodgings necessary but for a very little while he knew not which to give his vote for i then fixed upon the widows and he has written accordingly to mr dolman making my compliments to his lady and sister for their kind offer i am to have the dining-room the bedchamber with the light closet of which if i stay any time at the widow's i shall make great use and a servant's room and we propose to set out on saturday morning as for a maid-servant poor hannah's illness is a great disappointment to me but as he observes i can make the widow satisfaction for one of hers till i can get a servant to my mind and you know i want not much attendance mr lovelace has just now of his own accord given me five guineas for poor hannah i send them enclosed be so good as to cause them to be conveyed to her and to let her know from whom they came he has obliged me much by this little mark of his considerateness indeed i have the better opinion of him ever since he proposed her return to me i have just now another instance of his considerateness he came to me and said that 
on second thoughts he could not bear that i should go up to town without some attendant were it but for the look of the thing to the london widow and her nieces who according to his friend's account lived so genteelly and especially as i required him to leave me so soon after i arrived there and so would be left alone among strangers he therefore sought that i might engage mrs sorlings to lend me one of her two maids or let one of her daughters go up with me and stay till i were provided and if the latter the young gentlewoman no doubt would be glad of so good an opportunity to see the curiosities of the town and would be a proper attendant on the same occasions i told him as i had done before that the two young gentlewomen were so equally useful in their way and servants in a busy farm were so little to be spared that i should be loath to take them off their laudable employments nor should i think much of diversions for one while and so the less want an attendant out of doors and now my dear lest anything should happen in so variable a situation as mine to overcloud my prospects which at present are more promising than ever yet they have been since i quitted harlow place i will snatch the opportunity to subscribe myself your not unhoping and ever obliged friend and servant clarissa harlow End of letter 38